Hey, how's everybody doing? And welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. Been meaning to get this episode out for a little bit. It is currently a Tuesday night. The UNC Louisville game was Saturday night. You know, again, college life, it can get busy. Got some midterms this week, but I have found some time today to get you this episode because I really, really, really been wanting to talk about that beatdown that we put on Louisville on Saturday. Also, we're going to talk a little NBA because All-Star results just came out. And I'm a little heated, a little frustrated, a little annoyed with the players that did and did not get in. But we're just going to hop straight into it. We're going to start with the UNC game Saturday night in the Dean Dome. 99-54, to UNC wins by 45. Just blew them out. I mean, what a performance. Did not see this coming at all. UNC was led by Dayron Sharp. 21 points, 11 rebounds, 10 of 14 shooting. Just a really good game. Kerwin Walton, 19 points, 7 of 10 from the field, 5 of 7 from three-point range. This guy is a sharpshooter. If he stays at Carolina all four years, he could go down as possibly one of the best, if not, I, I mean, it's a stretch to say the best shooter, but he could go down as one of the best shooters in Carolina history because he is lighting it up right now from three-point range. Baycott had 14 and 9 on 7 of 8 shooting. Brooks had 12 points on 5 of 7 shooting. And Walker Kessler, who's been playing really nicely as of late, the past three games has had some solid uh, solid minutes, 10 points, 4 rebounds, as well as, uh, as well with 3 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks, 4 of 6 shooting, just stuffing the stat sheet. The four big guys dominated Louisville. Uh, Louisville wasn't very big up front, and our big guys took advantage. Uh, for Louisville, Carlick Jones, 13 points, only 6 of 15 shooting. He was really their only guy who uh, put up a decent number of points. Again, they only had 54 to our 99. UNC shot 61% from the, f- uh, from the field, 8 of 18 from three-point range. That's good for 44%, plus 11 on rebounds. I think the biggest stat from this game, 29 assists. 29 assists as a team. It was phenomenal, phenomenal uh, play from the guards, getting the ball down to the post, finding Kerwin out for three-pointers. I'm pretty sure Playtech had five. I think Love had three or four. Guards did a good job. Getting the ball to the bigs, finding our open shooters, and we made Louisville pay. Only 11 turnovers. Free throws. Oh, my goodness. Seven of 18 from the free throw line. That is 39%. I don't know how many times I can harp on it. Gotta hit our free throws. When we play good teams, you have to make them their free points. We can't leave those points on the board against Florida State when we play them again against Virginia Tech. Can't do that. Daron Sharp, I love Daron Sharp. Such a good player. He's gotta hit his free throws. He can't go one for six, two for seven. He can't do that. Daron has to find a way to get those in. You know, key takeaways, yeah, that was a beatdown. That was a massacre. 45 points, best performance of the season. You know, I mean, after a really bad loss to UVA, we beat Northeastern. And then we put, for our next ACC performance, we do that. That's a way to bounce back. Really good response from uh, from Roy's squad. Bigs were fantastic. Like I said, guards got them the ball with those 29 assists. Definitely, uh, I just harped on how Daron definitely just needs to hit his free throws because his game, I mean, he's pure, he's new, but man, he's got he's got things you can't teach. He's got size, he's got strength, he's got athleticism. I mean, I'm personally scared that Daron's going to go to the draft. 
he could be a lottery pick or a late first round or a mid first round pick and a team in the NBA can really develop this guy into a really good big. Right now he's kind of just using his brute force and strength. You know, he could obviously boost or focus on his some post moves, but he's got all the intangibles. He's he's everything you want in a big man before you teach him how to be a big man. He's awesome. Love Dayron. But please hit your free throws. That's all I ask. Also, a big thing that I kind of decided this weekend, Kerwin Walton is our most valuable player. He is our most important player. He is our X factor for the rest of the season. And let me explain why. Kerwin Walton is our best shooter, no doubt. But if you think about it, he's been our only consistent shooter. Caleb Love and RJ Davis have shown flashes of being decent shooters. Kerwin's done it every single game. He transforms this offense. He has to have someone glued to him all game. What does that do? That gives space for Caleb Love and RJ Davis to penetrate in the middle to get them some ISO work, get them in pick and roll action. That gives the big guys a little bit more help because if you double, Kerwin Walton is wide open and he's going to stroke down that three. I love Kerwin Walton. If he again, if he stays all four years, he could be a, one of the best shooters. He's got a good shot from him. He's got so much confidence, a career high, 19 points. He started out the game five for five. I mean, the dude was lights out. Louisville had no answer. And if he keeps playing like this, he makes everyone around him better because of how much he opens up the offense. In this offense, you need shooters. We've had them in the past. Cam Johnson, Justin Jackson. Corwin Walton is playing that role as our shooter, and I love to see it. If he keeps this up, UNC is definitely going to trend towards a good tournament run, I believe. He is our X factor. We need Kerwin to be at his best every single game. And it's funny because he was the lowest recruited freshman. Lower than Puff, obviously lower than RJ and Caleb, but he's easily the best right now. I liked what I've seen from Walker Kessler, kind of like what I said earlier. He's played some solid minutes. I definitely want to see more from him before the season ends. Because having a fourth guy in that big rotation gives you a lot of flexibility. You know, he, he's got a good offensive game. He's obviously 7-1. He hustles. He plays hard. He runs the floor. I really like what I've seen from Walker. Now, we can't obviously throw him into the full rotation and, and you know, throw him out there for 25 minutes a game. But I like how Roy is kind of exploring his, his, uh, his ceiling seeing what he can give to this team. And it's been pretty good for the past few games. And then the last thing I wrote, wrote down, best, the best game of the season, I mean, by far. Played so well defensively, obviously. Blew the game out offensively. You know, I, I mean, all, round of applause for the Tar Heels. Keep it up. And then a little note just about ACC basketball that I wanted to talk about a little bit. UVA has lost two in a row. They lost to Florida State. They lost to Duke. Now, before we played UVA, I said that, in my mind, Florida State was the best team in the ACC. And then I went on the podcast and said, I don't know. UVA really gave us some problems. We hung in there against Florida State. But, oh, my goodness, Florida State beat UVA by 20? And, you know, as a podcaster... It's sometimes hard to stick to your guns after a result like UVA or when UVA played UNC. But, I mean, I got to go back to it. 
Florida State, and I thought this from the start, I should have never kind of gone back to UVA or Florida State. Florida State's the best team in the ACC. They are the team to beat when healthy. They beat Pitt with MJ Walker not scoring. Arguably one of their best players. Or arguably their best player. Zero points. Scotty Barnes is only four for 13. Florida State has the talent. They have the depth. They have the big guys inside. They have the shooting. They have everything. UVA does not have everything, and they were exposed. They don't have the depth. They only they rely on a, only a few players to get their scoring. And we'll see how we do against Florida State the second time, but they are my team to be in the ACC. As of now, I think that they will win the ACC tournament, and they're scary. Florida State is for real. And then when UVA loses to Duke, that gives Duke just a little bit more hope, but I still don't see them making the tournament. They'll have to go on a nice run in the ACC uh, tournament, but... Um, you know, UVA will obviously recover. Tony Bennett, I kind of talked talked about how, how much I respect him as a coach um, in the last episode. But that's all I've got for college basketball. I really, really want to get into this NBA, so I'll do that in a few moments. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. We're going to hop straight into the NBA All-Star results because I don't like it. I don't like how who got in, who missed out. And it's, it's ridiculous. This is the one time on the podcast where I, I might get a little heated. You know, I try to say cordial, but the, it's it was it was horrible, especially in the West. First off, I'm just going to go with the starters. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying I don't have many problems in the East. I'm just going to get the East out of the way. Kevin Durant is captain. Kyrie, Beal, Giannis, Embiid. Totally agree with those. And then for the bench... James Harden, Julius Randle, Tatum, Brown, Levine, Simmons, Vucevic. I, th- I think the one guy I would kind of replace, I would put in Sabonis for Vucevic just because the Pacers are top five. But the Magic are really injury reeled, and Vucevic has had a nice season, so I can't even really complain about that. I mean, I'm, I'm normally a Ben Simmons hater, but he's Sixers are number one in the East. Ben Simmons is playing good basketball. I think he had a career-high 44 a week or two ago. You know, I see people complain about Trey Young not making it. And this is where I'll kind of get into this. I mean, we're obviously right now, but I'm definitely going to go more in-depth on this when I go over the West. But has Trey Young won anything? Someone answer that question, and the answer is no. Trey Young hasn't made the playoffs. He hasn't been close to the playoffs. All he does is put up good numbers because he doesn't try on defense. He can score. What is he averaging? 27 and 9? Trey Young's good. But he doesn't play an ounce of defense. He doesn't help his team win games. And for that, you should not make the all-star team over a guy like Julius Randle. May not be putting up as good of stats. But the Knicks are, they're in the playoff picture. When have we, that sentence hasn't been said in years. Zach Levine, he's putting up 28. Bulls are in the playoff picture. Is there anyone on this list you'd want to replace for Trey Young, who the Hawks are a very like mediocre, at least four games under 500? Not at all. So I don't really care for Trey Young being off the list. Again, he's a great player. He's young. He puts up numbers. But can you win something? 
a big theme with, with what I'm going to be talking about in the West is that team results matter. This isn't the NFL where a quarterback can play really well and then the team just around him is bad. Like Matthew Stafford played fantastic in Detroit for years, but Detroit was just so awful that it didn't matter how well he played because they were just going to lose. Basketball is different. If you're a superstar, if you're the best player on your team, you can will your team to victories. That's what Julius Randle has done. That's what Zach Levine has done. But somehow, someway, Trey Young has not. But we want to give him an all-star spot because he's Trey Young and he's a big name and he can pull up from 30 feet. No. Win something, Trey Young. I don't want to hear it. He doesn't deserve to be an all-star this year. He is not an all-star this year. And now I'm going to go to the West. Biggest issue with the starters in the West, obviously you got LeBron, captain. Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, Jokic, all deserving. It's Luka Doncic and Damian Lillard. Why is Luka starting over Damian Lillard? He even said it himself. Luka Doncic, he's put, yes, he's putting up around, I think it's 27, 9, and 8. Damian Lillard's putting up 30 and 8 on better shooting. His team is top four in the West. He is hitting clutch shot after clutch shot. Luka and the Mavs are 10th. Now, if you want to say, oh, his team around him isn't that good, CJ McCollum's been out. Nurkic has been out. So that's two good players that Dame has been without, but it does not matter because he keeps winning games. He should be in the MVP conversation. He's one of the best players in the league. He does not get appreciated enough at all. Damian Lillard is fantastic, and it's a shame that he's not starting. And then I, I thought about it, and I was like, it makes complete sense. Luka is a bigger name. Internationally, people love Luka. He's really good, really young, transcendent player. It's all-star voting. It's a popularity contest. Luka and Dame actually were tied in voting. But because the fan vote had Luka, he, got, he won the tiebreaker. The media had Lillard. The players had Lillard above Luka. But why? I know it's a fan vote. But why is that the tiebreaker? It should be like a majority. So two out of three categories are won by Damian Lillard. Lillard gets the spot. That Sometimes it's it's annoying, but that's part of the process. It's, it's fan voting. They vote who they want to see. And, you know, sometimes you just have to live with that. Even though we all know that Damian Lillard deserves to be a starter. But on the flip side to the fan voting, why is an injured Clay Thompson and Alex Caruso getting more votes than someone like De'Aaron Fox, who's averaging a career-high 23 points? De'Aaron Fox is not even close to the conversation for an all-star because of how good the West is. But fans, because they either don't watch basketball, clearly, because you're voting Clay Thompson, or they're doing it as a joke or whatever, because fans are messing up the, all, uh, messing up the fan voting, and players who actually deserve spots are just not getting recognized. Now we go to the reserves. Players I have no problem with, Paul George, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. The last three, Chris Paul, Rudy, or sorry, Chris Paul, Zion Williamson, Anthony Davis, I've got a problem with these guys. I'm gonna start with Zion. I'm just gonna say it right now, does not deserve to be an all-star. I don't care if he's averaging 25. The Pelicans are 13 and 17. 
again, you can put up numbers, but is it impacting your team and leading them to wins? The answer is clearly no. Now let's look at a guy like DeMar DeRozan. He's averaging like 26 and six. The Spurs are 16 and 12. They are top six in the West. I'm pretty sure they're the sixth seed. That roster is not a playoff roster compared to other teams. But somehow, someway, DeMar DeRozan is making his team better and leading them to wins. Now, I'm not saying DeMar should be the one that replaces Zion because there's someone else that should. But it's a joke that Zion made it over DeMar DeRozan, Mike Conley, and Devin Booker. Devin Booker is not an all-star, and it's, it's unbelievable. Fans just don't watch basketball. There's no way. He's averaging 24 points on like 50% shooting. Complaints in years past was that he wasn't winning enough. He's top four in the West. He's 20 and 10. He would be the number one seed in the East. How is he not getting recognized as an all-star? Putting up those numbers on that good of a team. Replace, replace Chris Paul with Devin Booker. Devin Booker is the best player on that team. And the fact that Paul and Zion made it over Booker, number one, is a shame. Number two, it shows that the all-star voting is a joke. It needs to be fixed. And that it's a straight popularity contest. Because every person who actually cares and pays attention to the NBA knows that Devin Booker is one of the best players in the league. He's played like this every single year. And now he's, he's finally playing well and he still doesn't get recognized for it. It's unbelievable. I just, I mean, how does this, I just don't get it. And then for Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis is not going to play in the All-Star game probably because of his injury, but I still don't think he's played that well. He hasn't been, he's even said he hasn't been happy with his play. But something that Charles Barkley said on NBA on TNT really resonated with me. He said something along the lines of, this isn't like, a best career award. This is who has played well this season and who has been an all-star this season. Not a, not a career achievement award, but this season. And if you look at Anthony Davis's stats, I mean, that that's that's not all-star. That's not all-star at all. I'm gonna pull up his stats right now. Anthony Davis this year. He's averaging 22 and a half, eight rebounds. Had a really bad stretch actually in the season. You know, it's it's good, but what's he shooting from the field? Uh, let me let me pull it up. Shooting 53% from the field. You know, he's having a good season. And, and again, he might get sat out, but is he getting voted in because he's actually played well this year? Or because he's Anthony Davis? Is Zion actually getting voted in because he's better than Devin Booker? Or because he's Zion? It's a popularity contest. Now, I'm not arguing that Anthony Davis shouldn't be an all-star because he's going to be one. And there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing any of us can do about it, obviously. But he hasn't really played like one. Would I still have voted him in as a member of the media? I probably would have. I don't really, I, I mean, I was... A bit annoyed with it when I when 
or when I heard what Charles Barkley said, I was like, that makes total sense. He was like, why not throw a guy in like Clarkson? Six-year candidate off the year for the bench, having a way better year than Anthony Davis. I completely agree. It's not all about stats. It's not all about stats. And, and Anthony Davis is on the Lakers. They're obviously doing well. So my main complaint is with Chris Paul and Zion. I'm replacing Chris Paul. Actually, I'll do it this way. I'm replacing Zion with Devin Booker, and I'm replacing Chris Paul with either Mike Conley or DeMar DeRozan. And I know Mike Conley doesn't have the stats, but he's a number one. He's on the number one team in the East, shooting 40% from three. He's averaging like 16 a game, but he's the, the point guard on the best team in the league. The fact that Mike Conley has not made it to an all-star game it just sucks because I love Mike Conley. He's one of my favorite players. I want it for him so badly. He's got to be the best player in, ever in the NBA to never make an all-star game. And he's probably not going to get this year because Devin Booker got snubbed and Zion Williamson, who hasn't won anything, anything since the, since the high school level, didn't make it to the Final Four in college. And he got lucky because the two teams choked against him. Played 20 games last year, gets on the cover of 2K. And he averages 25 for a below 500 team for an average team. Doesn't make anyone around him better. But he's going to make the All-Star game over a guy like Devin Booker. Who actually is doing something with his team. He's actually leading them to the playoffs. And if you want to keep Chris Paul in there because he's a part of that too, then fine. Honestly, I'm putting DeMar DeRozan over Chris Paul. Or, or, or Mike Conley, like I said. I'm putting either of those guys. Because, it's again, it's a mix of stats and wins. And I, I personally, when it comes to, to Paul, Conley, or DeRozan, I'm going to put in DeRozan because of, how he's, because of what he's done with San Antonio. That's a young team. They're, they were going to rebuild, but he's kept them in it. I just think what you do as a team for your best, the best player for a team, what you do should have an impact. And then if you want to take the stat route, DeMar's got better stats than Chris Paul. 26 and 6, that's pretty good. And, and if people want to say, you know, you can't take Chris Paul and Zion out, then leave Chris Paul. But Zion Williamson is not an all-star. There's, I, I just don't believe it. I don't see him as that. I would like for him to actually get above 500. For just in general. But the fact that Devin Booker didn't even make it. That's my biggest complaint. Booker should be in over Zion. The other stuff is kind of nitpicky for me. I love Chris Paul actually. But I mean I, I'm a big DeMar fan. Love Mike Conley. I think those guys deserve spots. But there aren't as many. And that's why when you got a guy like Anthony Davis. who's have Who hasn't had as good of a year as those two players. But he's going to get it because he's Anthony Davis. That's really a shame for those guys because DeMar, Conley, I mean Booker, obviously, they, they've done a lot for their teams this year. And it's an individual uh, thing, and it's not a team thing. I just wish it was more of a team thing. And that's what bothers me about the all-star voting this year. They're definitely out there. Not many people think this. People are going to complain about Booker, but I don't know if many people are going to complain about Zion being in it or Chris Paul being in it or even Anthony Davis being in it. But that's why this podcast is called 125 Unfiltered. We're going to go out there on takes.
you know, I mean, if you listen to this episode, if you're this far, let me know your opinions. You know, reach out to me on on Instagram. Let me know what you think. I've already had a couple people reach out. I kind of explained my side about how you, I focus on how the team is doing, how you lead your team. If it's if your stats are not, or if your stats are actually reciprocating to wins and they're not just empty, they're not just numbers. A good example of that: Russell Westbrook triple double machine a few years back, a couple years back, didn't get out of the first round. They weren't really translating to wins. They were just stats. So that's my biggest complaint with the all-star voting. I, I, I wish there was a way to get better. I personally think it should be a 33% split between the fans, the players, and the media, although the players don't take it seriously. That's really all I have to say on that. You know, there aren't spots for everyone. There are, there are players that deserve a spot that didn't get it, obviously, like like I talked about. That's all I have for you today on 125 Unfiltered. A little bit of a longer episode, but I had to talk about the NBA because I, I, I've, it's just been on my mind for for a decent amount of time. And you know what? What better place to talk about it than on 125 Unfiltered? So if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. I think I had a, uh, had some really good dialogue here. Again, let me know your feedback on social media. Reach out to me. Aside from that. I will talk to you guys soon. UNC plays Marquette tomorrow. We have another game this weekend. I don't know when I'll do my next podcast. Obviously, you know, midterm week, college life, it's, it's all busy. But anyways, thank you again for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.